Let me know if this sounds like you. You're a teacher who's at their wits end, burned out, or maybe you're just stressed to the max. You want to get on the road to burnout recovery, but you don't know what to do, how to get there, or if it's even possible. I hear you and I want to help, but we didn't get into burnout on the same path. So why should recovery be any different? That's why I wanted to share with you a brand new free resource that I have on my website. It's called the Personalized Roadmap to Teacher Burnout Recovery. In this quick, less than five minute quiz, you'll answer questions that will help identify your needs, your strengths, and your weaknesses. Once you've completed it, you will have access to the personalized roadmap to burnout recovery that's going to give you your next best steps to take on your recovery journey, packed with resources and support along the way. Head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash quiz or head over to the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to see your action steps along the way. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, hey, teacher friend, you're listening to episode 45 of the Resilient Teacher Podcast and episode five in the sustainability series. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The number one thing that I've done to be able to handle this immense workload that's constantly increased year after year of teaching and spend more time doing what I love, like showing up here on this podcast or spending time with my family, all that good, great life stuff and enjoy that real work-life balance is that I automate literally everything in my life. I truly believe that learning about automation is what set me free from so many expectations, including my perfectionistic, my high achieving lifestyle. And it saves me like five to 10 hours of my work week every week so that I can do what I need to do in teaching so that I can live my life the way that I want to. So if you're tired of dealing with job creep, you're wanting to find a better way to sustain your career as an educator, listen up because I've got a lot to say on this subject and I'm not wasting any time. So we're going to jump right in. Hey there, and welcome to the Resilient Teacher Podcast, the podcast giving overwhelmed and burned out teachers inspiration, sustainable strategies, and reigniting passion for teaching. I'm Brittany, a special education teacher and teacher resilience and retention strategist, and I am on a mission to inspire educators to prioritize their mental health and individualize their self-care routines so that they can live a balanced, fulfilling life as an educator while making a bigger impact in their classrooms and communities. Each week, I'll be sharing tips, strategies, mindset shifts, and discussing hot topics in teacher resilience with other knowledgeable experts so that you can ditch the overwhelm, prevent burnout, and create the life you've been dreaming about. So let's get started, and let me remind you that you too are a resilient teacher. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to let you know that I'm hosting a free three-day challenge called the Automated Classroom Challenge. That way we can get you started with automation. If you're listening to this episode and you're like, oh my gosh, that sounds great, but I don't know where to start, this is a free challenge. So head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash challenge to sign up for free and start that automation journey in three days or less. So in episode 44, we were talking about job creep that teachers are experiencing, how this is such a detrimental practice and it's really, really common in teaching. If you didn't listen to that one, you should totally go back and listen because it explains a lot about the constant adding of additional tasks to our plates. And I want to say this, the more that we add to our plates, the more things are going to start falling off of the plate. So imagine this, a physical plate. Think 
Thanksgiving dinner, right? There's only so much that it can hold before it becomes overloaded. Things start to spill over. The gravy spilling, the green beans are falling off, and then you get cranberry sauce and mac and cheese all over your favorite new sweater. When we constantly add more and more responsibilities to our workload, we're essentially adding more to an already full plate. This can lead to some not so great stuff, both for ourselves, but also for our students as well. And I will tell you firsthand, it can be incredibly stressful and overwhelming to try to juggle so many different tasks and responsibilities. This can make it really difficult to focus on any one thing, leading to that decision fatigue and the feeling of constantly being behind or never getting caught up. When we're spread too thin, the quality of our work suffers. We don't have the energy or the time to really devote, which results in some mistakes, some oversights, or stains on our new cute sweater. This can be really problematic when it comes to teaching because we want to make sure that we're providing our students with the best possible education and we need to be able to show up for our kids. So when it comes down to this, we need ways to streamline our workload and prioritize our responsibilities so that we can focus on what's most important, which allows us to give our students what they need and deserve, but also allow us to take care of ourselves and avoid that burnout. You see, I've been there. I've experienced that job creep, that burnout, and felt the stress that comes with wanting to do it all. As teachers, I think we feel like we're expected to be superheroes. We're supposed to juggle countless responsibilities and deadlines without missing a beat. But I came to the realization that I simply cannot do it all, not without sacrificing my own well-being. And here's the thing. We live in this world where technology has revolutionized the way that we work, the way that we learn, the way that we connect with others. Like when I discovered automation, I was literally teaching students virtually. And as teachers, we need ways to give us back that time, that energy, that mental capacity to do the task we actually enjoy, but the things that we got into teaching to do. And we want to give up that other junk, that minutia. When I started using automation in my virtual teaching, it was like a light bulb turned on. Suddenly, I had more time, more energy to really focus on what mattered, and the stress just started melting away. And I am confident that automation can do the same for you too. And we talked a little bit about automation in episode 44, how it can really streamline those things that are repetitive, things that don't necessarily have to be done by an educator, but I, I want to give you a way to think of it. So some teachers have teacher assistants, right? They get paid teacher assistants. Well, automation tools are like your personal teacher assistant. And I want to say this about automation. It doesn't really have to be done by technology. It just makes it really freaking convenient. Automation is just having this set workflow that works for you instead of against you. And you've probably used automation a ton of times and didn't even realize that's what it's called. Truly, when we're automating tasks, it's giving this easy, done-for-us style method of getting crap done. So let's talk about five different ways that we can use automation in our classrooms. The first method that I want to talk about is just utilizing templates. And you probably have quite a few templates that you've used over time that really, you know, streamline your processes. Maybe it's a lesson plan template where those just repeatable sections are already pre-filled for you. Maybe it's like a newsletter template where you fill out certain sections, you print, you send it home with your kiddos. These are definitely helpful in reducing some of those monotonous tasks instead of just like reinventing the wheel every time, right? Templates 
through things like forms, though, Google Forms make documentation super easy to gather data with just a few clicks of a button and can really change up the game as well. For instance, the first time that I actually automated was during my second year of virtual teaching. Let me tell you, those kids had more missing assignments than the number of coffees I drank over the years of staying up late to grade papers. Okay, that's a lot. And it was really time consuming on top of figuring out like, here's this virtual platform. I'm trying to find all these kids. I'm grading their work if they turned it in. And then I had to email each individual student and their parent to tell them what they were missing. I had to look up like what assignments were missing. I had to type out this whole email documenting who I contacted and when, doing this repetitive process over and over like six or more times a week. Okay. Like I said, it was not working for me. And so first I was like, I need a Google form that just like collects when I contact parents and students, you know, outside of normal class time. So I created that and it would just be a couple of clicks here and there, but that didn't really eliminate the writing of that same email time after time. And still there were multiple steps to this process. And so I set out to figure out how this one Google form could send out emails, could generate those clicks into an email format. And that's where my first creation, the missing assignment Google form and auto emailer was created. And now I still use that in my classroom every week with my resource students, but the process has kind of changed a little bit. Um, It's become a little bit more engaging, more collaborative with the students so that they're part of sending this form and then automatically emailing their parents. And so really this specific instance brings up two separate types of automation. One being the template that generates information that you would usually have to like type out over and over again. And then the second being a way to automate a task that would usually be done by hand, like writing and sending emails, finding you know those student parent email addresses. And both of these types of automation can be incredibly helpful on their own in the classroom. They can save us a lot of time and energy, but automation isn't this replacement, right, for teachers. Automation can be this tool that teachers use to be more effective, but it can't replace that human element of teaching. It's like in my case, I used automation to make my communication and my student ownership process more efficient but I also used it to create a more engaging and collaborative experience for my students. By making them a part of the process, I was able to build those relationships with them and then help them take ownership of their own learning. So if this is something that you struggle with, like you have your students, you're tasked by administration to reach out to parents and students about missing assignments, I highly recommend checking out my resource. Um, it's on the website. It's at teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash missingassignments. But I'll also put it in the show notes as well if you really want to try that out. Um, if you're just looking for like a form that I talked about in the beginning where you're documenting that parent communication, I do have that as a freebie on my website as well, teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash free parent communication form. Again, I'll put those in the show notes for you to grab if that's something you're interested in. But this process can really be replicated or adjusted to meet the needs of yourself and your students for multiple scenarios. Think about it. You can use it for grading assignments. You can use it for sending out reminders about upcoming tests 
assignments, tracking student attendance, generating reports on student progress, managing and communicating classroom behavior. So this is just like an example of how these two automation processes can work together within a system. And then the third way is to automate using automatic grading. And you've probably used this tool in the past. Think programs like Book It, 99Math, Kahoot, even ClassPoint, which I just made a TikTok on this recently. It's a total game changer. But anything that's like a gamified way that you can get students to do some type of formative assessment. It's graded for you where you can just like pull reports. You can monitor student progress towards those lesson objectives. You can see the types of questions or concepts that they're grasping, the ones that they're not. This is saving you time and energy, and it can help students learn more effectively. There's lots of benefits to automatic grading, but most recognizably, it comes down to giving students that immediate feedback, reducing that time and energy that you spend grading all these little exit tickets and all these things. Not to mention, programs like this make learning a lot more fun and engaging for your students, which, hey, they're, you know, they're pretty disengaged lately. <laughs> and then another tool that I automated was creating this virtual help desk for my students. This virtual desk incorporated automated scheduling. Um, that's the automation tool that I'm really discussing here. So when you need to schedule appointments with your students or your parents, an automated scheduling system is really a key tool here. This is for all my teachers who have little to no time to spare. Some popular scheduling tools are like Calendly, um, Doodle, Acuity. But if you have Google Workspace, you more than likely have the Google appointment application in there as well. With these tools, you can just set your availability and just allow students or parents to book those appointments with you at any time that works for them. This can save you a lot of time instead of going back and forth with emails, trying to figure out a time that works best. It makes it easier for the students or the parents to really get the help that they need. Now, when it comes to creating meetings involving multiple people, like for my IEPs or things like that. It was a little bit more complicated, but I built out a totally different system for this where due dates were stored, parents' email addresses, the student email addresses, parents were automatically receiving their meeting notices, the reminders the day before a meeting, the reminder the day of a meeting. It sent me automatic reminders to complete specific pieces, even down to sending out parent and teacher input forms, okay? I never even lift a finger after that original information is input. And I'm telling you, automation is like my best friend. And then the last way that I want to talk about automating is using artificial intelligence to help just facilitate some of that thinking or that generation. Like think about those times when you're writing a lesson plan or for me when I'm working on an IEP, like I get writer's block. So using artificial intelligence, we can facilitate that thinking, that generation that helps us overcome the writer's block and generate more innovative ideas. For example, AI-powered writing assistants can suggest new ways of phrasing sentences. They can come up with synonyms for overused words or even like generate entire paragraphs based on a given topic. But this can be kind of touchy and difficult to navigate when it comes to students who are using this type of tool, right? When it comes to lesson planning, 
AI-powered tools can generate personalized book lists based on student interests, come up with math word problems tailored to individual student needs, or even summarize complex texts in a way that's more digestible for ELL students, students with IEPs, students with disabilities, those types of things. We can use AI to differentiate instruction based on student needs by just analyzing student data. Using AI, it can really suggest specific interventions, modifications, that will better meet those needs of those individual students. Not to mention, as I talked about earlier, AI can generate templates that save teachers time by automating the creation of those commonly used documents, lesson plans, rubrics, assessments. By using pre-made templates, then we're able to focus on tailoring the content to specific needs rather than just spending time formatting or structuring a document from scratch. There's a lot to say about automating with artificial intelligence, some of the drawbacks, some of the teacher concerns, and we're we're definitely going to go into that more in depth in the next episode, but it is an automation in and of itself that can really support you. And this list of automations isn't comprehensive. These are just like a few that are really helpful in the beginning. And automation is great and everything, but it's not an end-all be-all when it comes to just one more thing on your to-do list. Like the whole idea is we want to bust job creep right in its tracks. We don't want to continue adding more things to our already full plates. We want to squash switching through multiple applications and integrate them into a system so that they work together. We talked about the reason why switching through 15 apps is really detrimental to our focus in the last episode, but it's so very important that we implement automations in these systems. These systems give us this clear structure and process for using automation effectively rather than just adding more tasks on our to-do list and another app on our screen of a thousand tabs. Is that just me? Am I the only one who does that? (laughs) Here are some steps to help you implement automations and systems. Number one, just identify the problem or the task that you want to automate. Start by looking at those daily tasks and identify one that's really time consuming. Number two, research some automation tools. Once you have that, look for the tools that are going to help complete it more efficiently. Number three, you want to test and then refine it. Once you have that tool, just start experimenting with it. See how it can help you automate your task and then test it until you're satisfied with the results. Number four, document that process. Once you have it, document it step by step, and that's going to help you understand the process better, but it's also going to be useful if you need to automate another similar task in the future. And number five, integrate it into a system. When you integrate it into that larger system, you can start involving other tools and processes to make the automation more effective, and it might involve even training others on how to use that automation in their work. Remember, automation is not a replacement for teachers, but it's a tool that can help us be more effective. When we're implementing them in systems, we can use it to streamline that work and free up the time for the things that actually matter, like building relationships with our students and providing them with a higher quality education. If you're like, okay, Brittany, that's a lot. I'll be straight with you. I'll tell you, it can be a lot, especially if you've never done anything like this before or if it's a brand new concept. But I'm telling you, I literally automate everything from locking my door when I leave the house in the morning to my lights, to my emails, all of it. I don't want you to sit there and think, this sounds like a godsend, but I don't really know where to start 
or even try Googling a million different ways. That's why I created my new course that I'm going to be dropping at the beginning of April. So if you're at a place where you're ready to stop working those nights and weekends, get back 10 to 20 hours of the time that you're spending outside of contract hours on those tasks, eliminate some of those time-wasting tasks, get that work-life balance that you crave, and simplify your workload, I invite you to join the waitlist for the upcoming course, Automate Your Classroom, where I'm going to walk you through that step-by-step process of how to really reflect on what's working and not working for your sustainability in your career with assessments to determine which components you need to simplify as well as take you on this personalized, individualized journey to creating a system that's going to work best for your classroom. From there, I'm going to give you the tools that you can use to develop automations, even if you have no technology background, which is going to allow you to create this system from scratch, tailored to your specific needs, giving you that energy, giving you the capacity to do the things in teaching that actually move the needle forward and impact your students and their growth. I'm really excited to offer this because inside there's going to be a comprehensive automation tech vault that's going to have templates for automated emailing to parents, colleagues, automated grading, co-planning, lesson planning, curriculum mapping, data tracking, progress monitoring, so much more. You can learn more and get on the wait list at teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash automate your classroom. This is also going to be in the show notes for this episode, which is teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash episode 45. All in all, Automation is the tool that made teaching a sustainable career for me, but it also made momming easier, lifing easier. And I want to support other teachers in finding that freedom to live their life again instead of doing it all. The last episode in the sustainability series is next week. So make sure that you're following along and catching up if you missed the first ones. Don't forget, you are a resilient teacher. We are in this together and you've got this. Before you go, head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash podcast to check out any links, freebies, and resources discussed in this episode so that you can start recovering from or preventing burnout and reigniting your passion for teaching. If you liked this episode and it helped you or made you think in any way, I know it will be for other educators too. So subscribe and leave a review so more educators can find this community as well. Did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the teachers in your life? That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to and tap me and post it in your stories. What do you say that we start creating a trail for more teachers around us so that we can start to make the change in the system of education, how teachers are seen and respected, and for ourselves? I look forward to connecting with you more on Instagram at Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul or TikTok at Miss Princess Teach. I am always looking for an excuse to chat more about burnout, resilience, and teacher support. I'll see you in the next episode.